0: So, well, let's start. My name is uh, Carla, Carla Romeo. Uh, I know some of you know me. Uh, Thanks everyone for joining this afternoon. Uh, I am at IDH, the Senior Manager of Impact Research. And I am a researcher myself by training. I've been eight years in academia before joining IDH. And today, uh, we are gonna explain you how IDH is assessing its contribution to public good impact. And at the end of the session, we will do questions and answers. So the uh, presentation is gonna be uh, 45 minutes, and then we will have 15 minutes uh, of discussion. And just for let you know, we are recording this, so later on, we will also send uh, all this recorded. So what are we gonna talk today uh, is a little bit on who is IDH, briefly, and how do we work. And then we will go uh, in depth on how do we measure our contribution uh, to impact, and which is the evidence that we have gathered to date, and how do we do uh, our in-depth impact research. And to make be this more explicit, we will zoom in into one of our examples, on, on one of our projects on um, how we mitigate deforestation in the Southwest Mouth Forest. Finally, conclusions and questions and answers. I hope the, you find this interesting as we do. So let's start. Uh, who is IDH? Uh, we are uh, an organization uh, that uh, organize uh, public and private partnerships. So we, in all our projects, uh, we have co-investment. Uh, half of the money is coming. Um, Hello. Half of the money is coming. From Hello. The private sector. Hello. Hello. Sorry, I think. Hello. Ah, thank you. And more sustainable to achieve this systemic change. By systemic change, we mean a change that it's not only within one company, but it stays systemic. And all this works in several uh, SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, as you can see below. So uh, in a nutshell, that's how we work to achieve this systemic change. Uh, we work uh, with uh, private business, Uh, We want to change uh, the practices to make them more sustainable and we also work on the governance of the sector to improve the the, uh, overall governance to make it possible these changes and we also work at the field level uh, to achieve uh, at the end uh, the, the, the change at the field and we believe that by working in these three areas at the same time we will achieve this systemic permanent change. So what do we do exactly? This is very nice. This is maybe too high level. So let's go in, into specifics. Uh, we work in several programs. Uh, for instance, we work on the cotton sector, on the tea sector, oil, palm, coffee, cocoa, etc. And we work, also work in the landscapes. Uh, by landscapes, we mean that uh, we have realized that uh, to address sustainability issues, such as deforestation, it's not enough to work with one sector. You need to bring different sectors together uh, to tackle together uh, deforestation issues. And this is what we do in several landscapes. You see here, for instance, in Vietnam, in Liberia, in Indonesia, we bring different sectors together, also the private, the public uh, to protect these landscapes. So that's what we do where, but what do we want to achieve? Uh, what we want to achieve and we call this our impact areas. We have five areas that we focus on. The first one uh, is on smallholders' inclusion and that's where IDH has been working the longest. Uh, here what we do is try to help smallholder farmers improve their yields and livelihoods and also make them part of, the, of all the chain, all the trade. And we also work on mitigation of deforestation, as I just explained. But we also work on with the workers, not only with the farmers, but with the workers that work in plantations, for instance, in tea plantations, or other workers that uh, work in factories, such as in uh, Apparel. We have also a program on Apparel. And uh, on the farm level, we also work on responsible agrochemical management, so we also uh, work with farmers uh, to make sure they use uh, agrochemicals in a responsible way, and when possible, reduce the inputs. And final, finally, we also work on gender um, and gender equality and empowerment. So if you put all of this together, uh, all the sectors that we work on, all the impact themes that we work on, and the countries that we work in, you have this map. We are quite proud of this map. It took, uh, it's not easy to summarize all IDH in one slide, but if we have to do so, I think this is the, a good, one of the best slides, it can show the whole IDH. So you can see all the countries that we work on, and you can see all the sectors and within a country, let's for instance, take Malawi. You can see in Malawi, uh, we have the picture of tea. So it means that we work with tea in Malawi and we, we have two colors, uh, the red color, which means that we work on the tea sector for smallholder inclusivity, but also on the dark green, uh, we work on living wage and working conditions. So this is a whole idea. And this is where my job becomes challenging uh, because we need to measure our impact. We make, need to measure what we achieve on this whole <laughs> Uh, portfolio. So uh, how do we work? How, how, how to be able to do this? Um, we have uh, designed this uh, theoretical uh, thinking on um, our concepts, our interventions. So we have our intervention strategy and uh, we have an idea. Great, but how do you do this? So you have to design prototypes and or projects on the field to be able to test this idea if it actually works or not. And finally, you have to gather the proof, Uh, not only uh, to go back to the donors and say, yeah, uh, this money has been well spent, but also to see if this strategy is working in the field, and if not, learn about it and improve it. So uh, we believe that these three things together is what will uh, prove that we achieve this public good impact, and by proving it, uh, this innovation can be replicated and scaled uh, by others. And later on in the presentation, I will explain you a little bit more on our intervention strategies, but this is not the main focus of this uh, presentation, but the main focus is on our proof. How uh, do we gather this proof? Okay, so uh, we will uh, walk you through step by step on how do we uh, measure our contribution to impact. Here, I have to uh, acknowledge our partners on, on, on this uh, journey, is the, the University of Wageningen and KPMG, and uh, together we have developed a theory-based methodology uh, to gradually um, gather evidence on this complex IDH portfolio. So the first step is to design an intervention logics. I am sure many of you are familiar with this term, maybe others are not, so I will brief you show you what is an intervention logic. This is our intervention logics for one of our impact themes. So what we will do to achieve smallholder inclusivity and better livelihoods for smallholder farmers. You can see here, it looks like a metro line uh, from London maybe. You can see on the left, it goes from input to impact. So our steps, input, output, outcome, and impact. what we think is going to happen uh, through our interventions. And then we have below uh, the three areas that we work, governance, field level, and business practices. And each, there is a a roadmap on how this leads to impact. So we have this intervention uh, logic designed for all of our impact themes. That means the the five impact themes that I have explained to you before, gender, agrochemicals, uh, smallholders, and so on. And if you have any questions on intervention logics, you can always contact me uh, later. They are also published in our website and in our booklet. So let's go into the next step, which is we have this uh, huge intervention logic. So we identified some core pathways. Uh, We cannot measure everything. So we identified the core pathways that we want to focus our research on. This is here in this slide. You can see it more. Uh, summarized for instance we have again in the left our three result areas and on the top you have from output to outcome to impact so let's uh, let me walk you through the second one through the field level sustainability for instance what do we mean we we mean that we work with smallholder farmers to provide uh, fertilizers to provide access to finance to provide training this is our output and we expect that by the, giving these services to farmers they will adopt uh, better agricultural practices and also better business practices and we expect that this will lead to the impact of increased yields increased livelihoods etc so these are our core pathways that we want to measure and what would be the next step the next step is uh, to to see how to gather all this evidence and which are the gaps that we need to fill in. So if we go again to the same slide, uh, you see as output and outcome level, uh, which is a bit easier to gather evidence on the impact level, we have indicators, and I'm sure many of you are also familiar with this term, key performance indicators. So IDH for the whole portfolio has identified 17 key indicators, Uh, To measure output and outcome level for all the projects that we work on. So that's, for instance, the number of farmers that are rich or the area that uh, our uh, training is going to be applied to. So this is to get track already on what we achieve. And these indicators are, are being reported by all our IPs, which means implementing, implementing partners, and this these data is gathered yearly. So we do have a lot of data coming on our projects uh, in the field. But then there is the other uh, level, which is the impact level, which, as I said, is more challenging. And many of you, I'm sure, are aware of these challenges. And you need more in-depth research uh, to be able to measure uh, impact level because we are talking about improved livelihoods, improved yields. So it's not, enough that someone reports on that but we need maybe a control group we need a baseline we need proper research to measure this impact and also because to bring the three result areas together through to analyze how changes in governance changes in business and changes the field level achieve this systemic change and to know if this can be replicated and scale it's not only about the number but it's about in-depth impact research So this is what, uh, at the end of the presentation, we will go more in depth into one of these examples of how we do uh, in-depth impact research. So if we go back to the whole portfolio of IDH, uh, we have explained you, uh, we need these intervention logics, we need to identify the core pathways, identify the gaps, and then of course, we need to start uh, gathering the evidence. How do we do that? If you see in this figure on the left, uh, we will talk about the evidence of how to gather evidence for the whole IDH, that map that I, sh- I showed you at the beginning, this huge map of all IDHs is, do- is doing, uh, we need to gather evidence from there. And some of the evidence come, as you see on the back, from the key performance indicators, these 17 indicators that our partners report on to, to tell us about the progress yearly but also with Wageningen and KPMG and for this first review of our uh, impact, uh, they also used a literature review, which was very useful to see what other organizations similar to our, our organizations like Woods, Rainforest Alliance, ISIL, other organizations. Uh, which are the research that they have commissioned, and which are the pathways that have, they have already proven. So for instance, maybe Aizil has already proven that by giving certification, uh, farmers improve uh, agricultural practices. So uh, Wageningen and KPMG uh, did all this literature review, uh, and this is uh, summarized later on uh, in the presentation. And also uh, they did a survey to all of our partners, uh, and also to people who is, knows about IDH, but maybe it's not working with us. So we also include these engaged outsiders that we call to have their inputs on what do they think about our strategies and if we achieve what we want to achieve through our pathways. So this on the left is to capture the whole evidence for the whole IDH in general. And this is more high level, of course. So if we want to go more in depth, uh, we have this in depth uh, research and uh to be able to do this in-depth research that we do for some of our programs so we do it at least for one project for each impact theme so let's say for one project for smallholders one project for deforestation we zoom in and we do this in-depth research so what do we do for these projects what we do is we uh measure the impact pathways so or we clarify what we want to do in this project. So what's our output, outcome, impact level? What do we want to achieve in, for instance, Kenya, in the Mao forest? Then when we know clearly uh, what we want to achieve, we need to commission research uh, to uh, gather quantitative and also qualitative data. That will help us understand how we achieve change in these three areas, in the governance, in the business practices, in the field level, and how this changes can lead to systemic change, because then it's when we can publish this out, outside IDH and we can show the world this has worked. So now it's up to you guys, governments, other organizations, to embrace this and to, to make it happen in other places, uh, because this is proven to work. And Our challenge also is from all these projects is to measure IDH contribution because we don't work alone. We work with so many other partners. So uh, to be able to say that uh, IDH achieved that, of course, we also need to measure our contribution and we need some external party uh, to help us uh, with that. So if we go back to this slide, we are on the five step, uh, which is, okay, now we have to gather all these evidence and pull all these evidence together. And this is what we have done this year. And that's the main purpose of this seminar. It's because we publish these reports. Uh, on the left, you see the report uh, published by Wageningen at KPMG. This is the detail report on all the evidence they gather through our pathways, what has been proven by the literature, what has not been proven, what has been proven by IDH, and also um, uh, the results of the sector survey, and all this is compiled in this document, which is also available in our website. But then on the right, we have also produced our, ourselves idea, a summary of it because we know many people is very busy and cannot read hundred pages. So we have commissioned this, we have published this report uh, um, that we also have in the website and that we will share it with you after this webinar again. And uh, what we do here is we do a summary of all this evidence, all, all these pathways and what has been proven and what still needs to be pro- proven. And I'm I'm gonna now walk you through all of this evidence, such as summary for you to know exactly uh, what uh, are we presenting in this report and what's the things that have been proven already. So if we go back to to the first impact theme, that means our work on building models for smallholder inclusivity. So making sure smallholder farmers are included. Um, You can see uh, in this slide again, we have our work on governance, on field level, on business practices and you can see from output to outcome on the left and from outcome to impact on the right. And you can see positive signs, which means that uh, these relationships have been proven. For instance, if we go at the field level, we see that we can say that by giving services to farmers like fertilizers, finance and training. They adopt better agricultural practices and business practices. There is a positive here, which means that yes, this has been proven, so that's good. That means that we can keep working on that because it's proven to work. But then on the right, uh, our next uh, uh, impact assumption uh, is that uh, by adopting these agricultural practices and these better business practices, uh, farmers can increase yields, profitability, and livelihoods. And here we have some evidence uh, that proves that this is the case, but also some evidence that may prove that it's not always the case. So that's why we are still building this impact evidence. So you can see for this work on smallholder farmers, our work from output to uh, outcome for the the three areas has been proven, but from outcome to impact, we are still building this evidence. Uh, this is normal uh, because many of you know uh, to be able to show impact takes, takes a while because many of these impacts like in better livelihoods, um, it, it, it's not uh, in one year that you can achieve that. So um, we will continue gathering this evidence. If we go to the next work that we do on mitigating deforestation, we again uh, present uh, the same type of format. So you are now aware of each area, governance, field level, and business practices, output to uh, outcome and outcome to impact. So if you look look at the dark boxes here, you see that everything is says building impact evidence. So here we cannot yet say that what we are doing has been proven to work. Why is that? Well, first, because uh, we started this this approach on mitigating deforestation only uh, around two years ago. And uh, Many of these projects are very innovative and it takes a while not only for IDH to gather the evidence, but also uh, we cannot look at the literature if this has been proven to work or not because it's so innovative that we cannot find any evidence uh, by other people. So uh, we will keep uh, gathering this evidence and uh, populating this, but uh, for you to, to, to understand better why I'm saying this is innovative and what do we do on this impact theme, I will walk you through the last one on business practices. What we do here is uh, we engage the private sector to work in these multi-stakeholder coalitions. So we bring together the public and the private sector uh, to work together in a landscape to stop deforestation. And we want the private companies to commit on stopping deforestation. So for instance, we call it our PPI approach, P for production, protection and inclusion, which means that we work with the private companies, we work together with them on increasing production per hectare, so we we can help you create innovations to improve the production in this hectare, but in exchange, uh, you commit not to cut the forest next to your plantation. So this is the production protection link but at the same time we have the inclusion link which also means that within these partnerships and within these contracts we also include the local communities so we make sure that they are not excluded uh, from the forest without having an alternative livelihood uh, to be able to survive. So that's what we are doing uh, in this impact theme and that's where we will uh, keep gathering evidence. And if you have further questions on this PPI approach, please don't hesitate to to contact me or or my colleagues working on this. If we go to the next one, uh, our third impact theme, our uh, third focus is on uh, better working conditions and living wages. So we work in Malawi with the tea industry and in Vietnam with the barrel industry to uh, try and make sure that uh, workers can have better conditions and better wages. Uh, If I will walk you through, for instance, in this case on what we do at the governance level. And and this uh, first step, as you see, we actually the whole impact pathway has been uh, shown evidence. So we can say it has been proven our approach here. So we work, uh, uh, we support these multi-stakeholder coalitions again with the private and the public sector, and uh, we work with them to achieve worker management dialogue. Dialogue, sorry. For instance, in in, in Vietnam, or also collective bargaining agreements. And sorry for my pronunciation. Now, this is very difficult sentence for me. Uh, I'm Spanish, by the way. If you didn't notice. <laughs> So um, this has been proven that for us supporting uh, this initiative, um, we achieve this uh, better dialogue and better uh, uh, CBAs and uh, also this is the outcome and we expect that by by having these CBAs and these worker management dialogues, uh, we have this improved better governance that uh, creates this enabling environment to further improve the working conditions uh, of the workers. And finally, uh, I'll present you the evidence uh, on the uh, work that we do on agrochemical management, so how uh, to make sure that agrochemicals are used responsibly and, when possible, reduce the input. So I'm not going to walk you through uh, the pathways here, but mainly you can see is that, again, uh, our approach from output to outcome has been proven. So it's good, what we are doing there works, Uh, but still we have to uh, build uh, extra evidence that our work at the governance level and at the business level on agrochemicals is working and reaching the impact that we want to reach. So, at this moment, uh, I will just wrap up what I've explained now. I've explained you the evidence that we have gathered and that you can find more uh, in detail in the reports on the four impact themes. Uh, And you may notice that uh, I've not explained gender. Uh, Gender um, was a a full impact theme for IDH uh, since end of 2016. So we will uh, present the evidence on gender on our next report. It was not possible to include in this first report, which started uh, before that date. But as you can see for the four impact themes that we have presented, uh, there is many of the approaches of IDH that have been already proven by us or by other organizations. But there is also other pathways that still need to be proven. And that's where this impact research becomes relevant and important. And that's where we also welcome help from any research institution and any other partners that say, maybe we are working on the same pathway. So let's team up together to measure uh, uh, that our approach works, and if not, uh, to change our approach because we realize that it doesn't work how we want to work. Okay, so after this first round of uh, theory, we would like to have your feedback. I've talked a lot, uh, but I would love now you to talk or to give us, not to talk, sorry, but give us some feedback on what do you think so far on what we have been presenting. So, as you can see in this slide, uh, you can give us feedback through two ways. Uh, There is a um, a web link here, uh, Paulev.comidh. So if you go there, or you can also text, as you see below. If you are more old school and prefer texting, that's also fine. And we would love to have your inputs on what do you think on scale from zero to ten how comprehensive do you find the impact research methodology that we are using? So do you think it has been well explained, but especially do you think um, that it makes sense uh, that that this methodology is good uh, to measure impact? So I will leave you some seconds uh, for you to answer. Uh, Thank you so much for your feedback. Now that I'm having time to look at uh, some other screens here in my room, I see that we have 70 participants. So very, very happy about that. Thanks everyone for for being here. And thanks for the responses. Uh, Nice to see uh, on average eight. That's that's nice. And also interesting to see that some uh, people find uh that maybe this is not as comprehensive as it should be so i would love to hear more about this uh so please if you have uh any comments on that follow up with me later after the webinar and also we will share uh, share with you a survey and here in the survey you can give us your feedback so i would love to, to know more about both the positive feedback and the negative feedback okay so i think it's Maybe time to move to the next question. We have another question for you. And this is, do you find these evidence that we have gathered, so all the evidence I have presented, the summary made by Wageningen and KPMG on our impact pathways that other organizations also work, do you find this useful for your organization or for other organizations that you work with? I walk you through very quickly through the evidence. So probably to know more if how useful it is, maybe you have to go more in depth on on, on the report. But at this moment, would love to see your feedback. Again, good good to have your feedback. Uh, Somewhat the evidence, I, I, I guess it's normal, not everybody works exactly on what we work, but maybe some of the pathos, pathways were useful for you, some are not because maybe you don't work on that, or maybe for other reasons. So again, very happy to have your feedback here and to follow up with uh, all of you later on. Okay, so I think might be good to move on at this moment. Um, So we have explained you a little bit of the whole of our methodology uh, on how we measure our contribution to all of IDH on this big portfolio. But now I would like to to dive you in on this in-depth evidence, in-depth research, how do we do it for for some of these projects. Um, So here, you can see the projects that we focus on for each of our impact themes, so each of our impact areas. So, for instance, on the top, on the left, you can see on the smallholder's work. Um, we work a lot, as you may know, on a smallholder inclusivity. This is uh, what IDH has been uh, working the longest. Uh, our uh, One of the main projects that we are focusing our research on is on the COCO in Cote d'Ivoire, where we, try to improve the bankability and the access to finance by farmers and by co-ops so this is where our impact research uh, is focused on smallholders but we also have extra evidence coming from our service delivery models work and from bci better cotton initiative Um, again if you want to know more about sdms you can check our website or you can contact me sdms by service delivery models what does it mean On the deforestation, on the top right, uh, we have two projects that we are focusing our in-depth impact research on. One is in Kenya, in the Mao forest, and the other one is in Indonesia, where we work for this PPI concept production, protection and inclusion in West Kalimantan. So we are doing in-depth research for both projects. And also some extra evidence is coming from our projects in Liberia and in Brazil. On the middle, you can see living wage and working conditions. Here we have two main projects that we have research on. One is in Malawi, uh, where we um, work for the uh, living wage uh, in Malawi. And uh, we have achieved the first collective bargain agreement in the history of uh, tea industry in Malawi, which is great, but still work to be done uh, and we are still measuring uh, the impact level. And then we also work in uh, the factories in Vietnam in Apparel. And some work on flowers and bananas on living wage too. On the agrochemicals, on the down the slide on the left, we have two main projects that we focus on our research. One is in India uh, with our work with Better Cotton Initiative. uh, So we we achieve better agrochemical management. And the other one is in Vietnam when we have a landscape approach to uh, improve uh, agrochemical management uh, for tea and coffee. And finally for gender, uh, we have uh, research going on on Kenya, uh, on the tea sector where we also work for uh, addressing gender-based violence. And some extra work on flowers in Kenya also being uh, assessed. So this is our, where the evidence, more in-depth evidence is coming from. And I will now explain you exactly what it means this in-depth uh, impact research for one of these projects. This is the one of Mao forest in Kenya, on the top on the right, um, where we have uh, produced the first uh, report on the first learnings on, on it. So that's what we are happy to share with you at this moment. So on mitigating deforestation in the Southwest Mao, uh, what we'd want to do here is we work with the industry, with the private sector, the tea sector, the timber sector and the hydropower sector. We bring them together with the public sector and we join efforts uh, to stop deforestation in the mau forest. You can see the picture here uh, or where is it within Kenya, the mau forest. And what we do, we have several projects going on, Um, and you may uh, think, why is the uh, tea industry uh, interested in protecting the forest? Uh, They are interested because the forest provides them with uh, ecosystem services such as uh, microclimate and water, and they realize that um, if the forest is gone, uh, their tea production is also gone. So uh, this is a very nice project where uh, the private sector uh, works with us to achieve this uh, mitigation of deforestation and for instance some of the projects that we have we have some tree planting going on in the forest but also we have to address these illegal activities that are happening within the forest and we have set up some surveillance flights to stop defore- uh to, to stop deforestation and also some improvement in law enforcement and at the same time we have designed red Plaza strategy in integrating integrated management plan. So we have many projects at the same time because we realize one project is not enough uh, to address these complex issues um, to stop deforestation. So after these first learnings, I'm gonna present you these uh, first learnings from uh, this year and a half that this project has been going on. And again, for the three result areas. So for the private sector, for the sector governance, and for the field level, what we have achieved. Uh, so far based on this first uh, research. Uh, so on the left, uh, we can say that uh, the, um, thanks to this project uh, now there is a common strategic framework for the private sector to work together with the public sector uh, to stop deforestation. And the private sector have uh, contributed by cash uh, and in kind yearly uh, to this project, um, which is very needed and very nice. On the governance level, we have achieved this multi-stakeholder partnership coming together f- um, for the first time. It was very challenging for them to come together, and they actually really value the role of IDH as a neutral convener, um, because uh, before we chip in, uh, they all wanted to protect deforestation, but they didn't really trust each other. So it was good uh, to have a neutral convening, bringing them together. They highly valued that. And finally, at the field level, what is actually happening in the field, um, we have some tree planting going on uh, already in the landscape. And we also have this aerial, these flights uh, uh, organized by the T sector, um, where it has already helped to stop deforestation because if someone is doing illegal activities in the forest and see a flight surveillance, uh, they stop these activities, which, which has been great. Okay, so we have learned many things uh, from this uh, project, and based on these learnings, we have identified the main challenges and which are the next steps for this uh, project in the Southwest Mount Forest. One of the main challenges ahead for us is gaining more uh, support, uh, political support. And as you may be aware, uh, Kenya had just had elections, and in fact, they, they have to happen again. Uh, so uh, the, the political um, framework is not that stable. So this is, um, of course, a challenge for the success of our project. And then this is needed in order to make sure that we have reg- 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 regulatory framework uh, for the, uh, uh, stopping deforestation and for law enforcement, which is key and what's next is we need to focus on these field level projects uh we uh, are building a fence around the um, forest which will be managed by the local community uh to make sure that uh, these are legal uh, to make it more difficult for the illegal activities to happen and also we have to work with the local community on intensifying livestock production so if they pr- produce livestock within the farm they don't need to access the forest uh, illegally uh, to graze and finally we also have to help the local community improve uh, on alternative energy solutions uh, in order to n- not use charcoal or timber from the forest so many challenges and next steps ahead of, of this program but, but we can happy to say we are in the right track so what's next in terms of research? Uh, we want to show as much as possible our impact by 2020. So we need to continuously uh, gathering evidence, both qualitative and quantitative evidence on what we are achieving. So also land use maps and a satellite imagery to make sure uh, we see that actually f- the first station is going down um, and we have a baseline now. We know where we are today, but we need a follow up uh, on uh, where are going to be in, in some years, and also we when we start working with the farmers on the livelihoods and so on, we have to set baselines. So it's complex; it's full of different projects within one project. Uh, lots of things to come up, but that's what uh, we are doing. So to wrap up, um, this is how we measure our contribution uh, to impact. Uh, but if we go back. To this main slide i d h work is uh it's, it's 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 very challenging it's spread all over the world. We work in many sectors we work in in many landscapes we work in many things Smallholders, holders living wage so uh we zoom in in some projects we so we keep other evidence high level but uh challenging. It is challenging and that's why we also organized this webinar uh, to to welcome any partners on partnering with us on on this research. And what's next? What's next is we will uh, continue on gathering evidence on these indicators on the key performance indicators and also in this impact research and Wageningen and KPMG will be our knowledge partners on this and they will be reviewing this evidence and in 2019 and in 2021 they will produce a report again similar to this one wrapping up all the evidence on these pathways and hopefully we have shown that some of the pathways work some of the things that still we are building evidence work but maybe we show that it doesn't work and that's fine. We want to learn from that in order to improve our strategies. And uh, we also will produce our own booklet based on these learnings. And yeah, what's next also is to keep partnering with people and research partners in order to, um, to gather uh, more evidence. The more efforts, the better uh, we would like to think. So I think, It's time for you to give us uh, feedback. Uh, I hope these have been uh, insightful. And I would love to hear now from you, uh, your insights or your questions. We will have around uh, 10 uh, to 15 minutes uh, for this uh, Q&A session. You are all muted. uh, So please, if you want to ask a question, Raise your hand and my colleagues here will unmute you and then you will be able uh, to talk and
1: raise your question.
0: Okay, so I think some of you use the chat. uh, For this question, I have a question from uh, Richard Kisank. Uh, would you consider introducing commercial forestry workstream smallholder to ease pressure on natural forests? I maybe ask Richard uh, if you can actually uh, explain a bit more uh, your question so I can fully understand what you mean. Uh, my colleagues will unmute you.
1: My name is Richard.
0: Hello. Hi, Richard. Yes.
2: Um, My name is Richard. I'm uh, joining the call from Nairobi. The webinar from Nairobi. My question is around: you find that uh, over the past, probably about twenty or so years, the efforts to protect the natural forests in Kenya and around the sort of Great Lakes region has been centered on protection without really giving alternatives to, to an, a viable alternative to the wood that people tr- are trying to access uh, from these forests and that, that 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 has meant that uh, there's been no sustainable business or market uh, oriented solutions to to conservation and it it becomes in my view it becomes very expensive and yet, the demand for wood, for either commercial users, making of wood furniture, or even for wood fuel, is is likely to increase. And I'm thinking that, given, on the basis of the work that you're doing, some of the tea industry companies that uh, you're working with, they would need wood fuel or other uh, for 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 energy and some of those communities as well would uh there might be some businesses that actually survive on the forest is it then possible for you to would you consider uh, encouraging commercial enter uh, forestry enterprises where these communities that live around the forest or even far away from the forest can be able to grow trees for commercial reasons and they effectively There'd be no need for them to go to the forests. Yeah,
0: yeah. If I may answer this, uh, thanks for your comment. Uh, very, very, very true. Um, yeah, we we are aware of. Uh, uh, yeah, the tree plantations also need uh, some wood production, and several of the companies that we work with, uh, they do produce their own wood, so they don't. Extract the wood from the forest, and that's what it, need, it needs to happen uh, so uh, wood plantations need to happen in order to stop deforestation I agree so on the private sector hand we are working on the private with the private sector for this to happen and many companies are already doing it on the local community uh, side um, Indeed, um, we have to offer alternative for the local community, both for uh, local their own use of energy, wood or charcoal. charcoal. Uh, but also if they want to have uh, economic activities. So we are working now on the um, grazing because we, uh, the local communities around the Mao Forest, they use the forest for energy, true, but also even more for, for grazing, uh, for bringing the animals there uh, for grazing. So we have a program that's gonna start, at, uh, at, uh, it's already starting on giving them knowledge in order to increase uh, grazing within the farm. That's why with new varieties of cows, but also with uh, learning how to produce uh, feedstock within the farm and all this training um, and all these resources. Uh, so we hope that makes that they don't need to go to the forest. For alternative energy within the household, we are also having projects working on finding the way to have alternative ways for them to use uh, cooking uh, energy within the household that's not the wood. And I welcome your idea on commercial forest uh, by, by the farmers. Indeed, I will, uh, we will take this into account and I'm sure, sure my colleagues working on this, they hopefully are aware of this, but I will welcome you to, to talk to Winnie, which is our local person in Kenya, and she will make sure, I'm sure she will love to follow up with you. So I think uh, it's good to go now to the next question. Uh, Thanks again, Richard. We will go with Hank, Uh, Hank uh, from Woods, I think. Hello, Hank.
3: Ah, Thank you, you unmuted myself and I did, so I muted myself again, here I go. Uh, Thank you, Carla and IDH for this presentation. Um, And I want to congratulate you first of all with this this landmark report because having such a broad portfolio uh, covering so many sectors and interventions and partners, I think it's, it's, it's a tremendous uh, uh, challenge to synthesize it. And I think you, you, you did a wonderful job with your partners in putting it together, distilling evidence, and also communicating it in an appealing way. I like the visuals. I like very much the theories of change, it, it really resonates with the thinking and the, the strategies that we as UTS also have in the in the areas that we work with. I also appreciate that you acknowledge the evidence that your partners uh, bring to the table, uh, uh, as well as the fact that it's not only IDH who is, who is making all these miracles, but it's a lot of other actors that are hands-on uh, doing this work um, yeah. I I think it's it's a great piece and I'm already looking forward to your next two reports um, now having such a portfolio how do you manage the possible, I would say, risk or uh, the criticism that you might get for cherry picking the nice results. How have you managed that? And maybe there is a role for your scientific committee there, because I I read in your report that you have a scientific committee. Maybe the name you gave it is different, but Mm -hmm. you have some externals also advising you or monitoring you. Can you explain what their role in this process is?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, Thanks, Hank, for your comment. we do have an impact committee. Uh, we are very proud of uh, of it uh, because it brings credibility, but it also helps us uh, to make sure we don't do this cherry picking that, that you are saying and that uh, we are as scientifically sound as possible. Uh, this impact committee is uh, formed by uh, uh, someone from the private sector. Uh, this is from Unilever, junkies. Uh We also have someone from the university, uh, from uh, Erasmus University in, in, in Rotterdam, which is our chair of the impact committee. So someone coming from the private sector, someone coming from research. We also ho- have someone coming from an NGO and someone coming from a research institution in the UK, IIED. So uh, to be honest, it's always tough to go to the Impact committee because, uh, indeed, they, they want us to be as scientific, scientifically sound as possible. So. Um it is um, it is very interesting discussions. Uh, we always have to improve, and when, when we always leave these committees, okay, we have a lot to be done, uh, a lot to improve, uh, how to prove things at the field level, how to prove things at the governance level, uh, but it, it is needed. Uh, we need to uh, make sure that what we do is relevant for the scientific community and for other organizations, and we know that our challenges are not only our idea challenges, as you know, and as you said, uh, what we work on, many other organizations do the same work and face the same challenges on showing this impact at the field. Do we really increase yields? Do we really increase livelihoods? How do we prove that? So um, the Impact Chem Committee help us on answering these questions and make sure we don't do the cherry picking. But also I'm, I'm happy to collaborate with youth, Uds ISIL and all the other organizations that face the same challenges and if we can pull resources together and with this report as i said we gather your evidence also and and, and we need to do that we cannot pretend that we idh can do everything alone or can prove everything alone thanks again Hank, for your comment we will go to um a comment from Shelia, shayla and maybe uh it's better again if maybe you um, we will unmute you and if you can Raise your question. Uh, it's, it's nicer. You have re- written the question, but I would love if you can just tell us.
4: Well, I had to. First, I apologise. I missed a bit at the beginning. And I was asking whether we would get a copy of your presentation, uh, which was very interesting. Um, second, uh, from Pan-UK uh, and Obviously my interest is in um, agrochemical use and safer alternatives and um, I'd love to hear a bit more about your activities how you monitor that and um, what criteria you use uh,
0: sorry how we monitor on agrochemicals in particular right yes exactly yeah. okay good question uh, Sheila so first uh, we will share uh, this uh, afterwards, we will share the presentation uh, with my um, speaking uh, there. And we will also share the reports again, in case you didn't find them before. Thank uh, you. So don't, don't worry about that. Uh, and on the agrochemical work, uh, uh, indeed, this is challenging as, 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 as you know more than probably I do um, to measure, please if, So uh, we have some KPIs, some key performance indicators that are on the agrochemical uh, work and uh, within IDH uh, for instance, training of farmers. We also uh, specify if the training has happened on agrochemical or or not. And currently actually we are designing with our impact lead uh, Flavio that uh, hopefully you know about him. He has our impact lead on agrochemical management. Uh, We have chosen five key KPIs, indicators that we think are key for agrochemicals, and we will make sure that they are in all our contracts that we commission from now on, on our agrochemical work. And in terms of in-depth research, we have our working cotton in India, so Better Cotton Initiative is gathering a lot of evidence. And also there is also some researchers that I think are in this call that are also helping us build evidence on what we do on a uh, better Cotto initiative if we manage to reduce the input of agrochemicals due to this uh, certification. And also in Vietnam, we have commissioned just a baseline on our work on um, having this landscape approach for, for agrochemicals. So we are we set a baseline on where are we today, on which are, for instance, we discovered that many uh, agrochemical products available in Vietnam are illegal. So we are working with our public and private partners uh, to make to reduce the availability of these illegal products within the market. And also to make sure that farmers know which are the right products to use for for which uh, pest or, or for which uh, problem. So a lot going on. I would say, Sheila, if you want to know more, uh, please do contact me or contact Flavio, uh, the impact lead of, of this impact team
4: okay thanks very much I'll be interested in, in in how you approach um safer alternatives rather than simply swapping one chemical for another but that's a big conversation probably for another time yeah
0: would, would love to follow up uh, maybe in another uh, another time let's, let's follow you. up later thanks okay we have a raised hand uh, for someone, we are going to mute. Uh, I think th- uh, we have a little problem, and many people is called Elske, which is our communication <laughs> manager. <laughs> but maybe if you can introduce yourself and raise your question, uh, we are going to mute you now.
2: Yes, hi, I'm Peter Lan Thompson with the Copenhagen Business School. I do a sort of research uh, on global uh, value chains and corporate social responsibility in developing countries. Um, hi, Carla. I was uh, wondering. Hi, Peter. Hi, I was wondering, it sounds a lot as if you're out to prove that your theory of change or the ways in which you work are are generating positive consequences. But what about the long-term sort of unintended,
0: perhaps negative consequences of the projects that IDH sponsors? Are you also trying to document that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good question and scary questions always coming from researchers. (laughs) As I said, I was a researcher myself. Uh, before (laughs) so I know you always go one step further thanks thanks for that Um, yeah uh, the challenge for IDH uh, not being a research institution is that we have to focus our uh, research and of course we would um, love to know an intended consequence and if these unintended consequences are already captured within the research that we do uh that, that's great but sometimes uh, as you see for instance with the kenny example it's so broad what we do we need to measure what's going on at the farmer level on the livelihoods level on the land use level so many things that happen and on the way and the way indeed we we capture unintended uh, consequences when possible but we will be uh willing to partner with other we are open here so if we have uh research institutions like yourself that say look, uh, we love uh, to have some student research on your pathways on what's actually the negative impacts of your projects. I am more than happy uh, to welcome this research in IDH. And, and, and also if you have more colleagues that will be happy to, to do research on, on, on us, please, please do forward this presentation and, and this booklet and let's follow up um, on a later stage. So I think it's only three minutes to four. So I think let's have one, last question and then uh we will wrap up and again uh we will follow up with a survey so there and you can always contact me further for any other questions so this question is coming from stephanie and we are muting you now hopefully
4: yes hello thanks very much uh for a very good and interesting uh presentation it got me thinking um my question is is really a suggestion um, and it's uh in relation to the project on phasing out highly hazardous pesticides in costa rica which pan uk has been involved with um, and is having an extension phase Um, and it just seems to bring together a lot of the different boxes you had in your theory of change and your your impact assessment slides. Because the project's funded by CICOM, which is a global level multi-stakeholder forum, so you've got the global governance bit. It was conducted by partners at the National University there, and they looked at, they did pesticide use surveys on pineapple farms, large and small growers. They also trialed some uh, alternatives to specific hazardous pesticides in use in pineapple. PAN-UK provided a link with uh, two British supermarkets here and one fruit import company. They're all keen to take that work further, as are some of the pineapple growers. And um, in the last year, the Costa Rican government has actually published a kind of like a white paper for a national chemicals management plan. So I think it'd be a really good opportunity for uh, IDH Workstream to get involved, if that's possible, sure. and, um, and for, for you guys, if you could help us with some of the impact assessment side, the concepts I think would really add value to work that's already going on there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. That's, that's very nice. Very interesting. Um, And I I think we need to discuss this further. So probably uh, maybe if you can contact me later, uh, uh, we will, uh, my email is going to be there and I will uh, forward this also to my colleagues working on pineapples and on agrochemicals, uh, Flavio. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's just that we don't have time now, but please uh, do follow up with me uh, after this meeting. Uh, And I think now it's sharp, four so i would like to stick to the time and and close now Uh, and we are just in the last slide uh with my email just to say again please uh do contact me uh to follow up on anything and we will send this survey uh, give us your feedback that would be great and also the booklet will be there in case you want to for further reading so I think that's that's it for today. Uh, thank you, thank you so much, everyone, for joining and for an interesting. Although small discussion, but I hope to follow up with you uh, separately. Thanks again. Goodbye.